Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, it's snowy again. It is. Snowy and cold. But the sun is out. Oh, really? It's a beautiful day. Uh, it's a beautiful day. I like that. I got in one here those, before the sun really came out. So. One of those snowy, sunny days that I, I love. Cold, snowy, sunny days. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a big difference mm-hmm. when you have some sunshine. Sunshine's good for you. It's good for everybody. Oh, it is. It, but it has a lot to do with mood. has a lot to do with your vitamin D. Mm-hmm. But very much mood. When it's, when it's snowy and sunny, you get the extra reflection off the snow, which is that much nicer, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we're here to talk about long COVID today. Interesting topic. Yes. Yes. And very, obviously very prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. Appears mm-hmm. to be. Appears to be. And um, maybe something that we are not only going to be encountering from the last couple of years, but it could be uh, a continuing problem as COVID seems to be getting less deadly, but more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these factors still come into effect. So um, we're going to be looking at a study today from back in 2021, August of 2021, Mm -hmm. so it's a little more than a year old now. Um, But this is a Mexican study titled The Development of Pulmonary Rehabilitation Protocol for Long COVID Patients. Um, And I've been meaning to get through this one for quite a while, but we just had so many other exciting studies (laughs) to look at. Um, It's time to go ahead and bring this one around because we've had a number of patients dealing with uh, long COVID mm-hmm. and symptoms after COVID and, and COVID itself, of course, can have some pretty significant um, uh, problems for people. So I figured this is, this is good to look at. Mm-hmm. So if, if this is your first time hearing about long COVID, uh, let's go ahead and just describe it a little bit here. They say that most patients do recover within one or two weeks from having acute COVID. However, in approximately five to 10% of the patients, some of the symptoms persist for weeks and months and develop post-COVID syndrome, which is known in the literature as long COVID. Mm -hmm. According to the CDC, long COVID is a set of symptoms that persist or develop 12 or more weeks after the onset of COVID-19 that cannot be explained by another cause. Hmm. So that's three months or longer. Are the symptoms different? They say the symptoms can include fatigue, Respiratory difficulties like shortness of breath or just the perception of just not being able to get enough uh, air. Cough, pain in the chest, uh, tingling in the limbs, digestive disorders, anxiety, and depression. Wow. Yeah. And, and I've, I've seen a couple of cases that had really severe headaches mm-hmm. um, and, and like spinal type pain as well. So it, it can really be all over the place. That's one of the problems with long COVID is that there's just a lot of variety that can happen. And it again, it can be you know three months or more after you've already had and recovered from regular COVID. So the real key phrase there becomes, you know, that cannot be explained by another cause. Mm-hmm. If you're having problems like this, you know, difficulty breathing, digestive disorders, depression, uh, tingling in the in the limbs, you know, don't just be like, oh, it must be long COVID. Definitely get checked out um, because there can be other problems that come up too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difficulty is there's no test mm-hmm. for long COVID. We have a test for an acute 
uh, infection, right? We, can, we have tests right. for that, but we don't have a test to really show if your body is reacting to the, uh, the COVID um, problem that you had that is now gone, right? The infection is gone, but this is, this is kind of an, a, a point where your body overreacts and tries to attack anything that might be suspicious. And um, we see this uh, in the acute phase of COVID as well with um, some of the acute respiratory problems that happen, which is typically why people pass away if it's due to COVID. Um, but this is, a, this is a problem, an inflammatory problem that is ongoing mm -hmm. after your body's already recovered, right? So and it doesn't matter to what degree you had COVID, you know, mild or severe, or does it, does it, it matter? It doesn't really seem to matter. Okay. That's exactly right. So mm -hmm. even if you just recovered really well, there's still the possibility that you could be dealing with long-term problems later and you're not going to really know it. So part of the battle here is education, right? So that people don't think they're just going crazy, that perhaps there is an explanation for these problems that they're having, you know, three, four months after they've had COVID. It's that unknown that is so hard. It is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. being aware that this is a possibility, I think, I think is, is helpful for people. Mm-hmm. Another quote from the study here, they, um, they say that infection triggered, excuse me, infection triggered perturbation, which is a difficult, difficult word, mm -hmm. um, perturbation of the immune system could induce psychopathological conditions in patients with COVID-19. According to the latest research, a significant number of patients reported depression, anxiety, and insomnia. So, um, the the problem with with this is not just you know a physical problem it's not just an immune system problem but it seems to actually affect the way the brain works hmm. um and and the way that we kind of interact with our surroundings um in fact that anxiety and depression can become major factors for people with long covid well and it probably is intensified this time of year during the winter seasons you know the darkness i don't know i'm just it's just a thought that popped in my head. I wonder if that could be a factor because people do get more depressed mm -hmm. in the winter season. Absolutely. Yeah, really anything that would exacerbate a depression or anxiety issue like weather changes, mm -hmm. uh, lack of sunshine, uh, just stress, you mm -hmm. know, personal events, things go on, you know, you're kid gets in a car wreck and now they're hospitalized or something. I mean, those major stressors mm -hmm. like that, or even just the little stuff. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be big. Just cumulative. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, and, and uh, long COVID anxiety is really no different than anxiety for any other reason. Mm -hmm. um, so anytime you're dealing with anxiety and depression, mm -hmm. um, those triggers can be a significant factor for, you know, exacerbating the problem, prolonging the problem, and, and kind of keeping people from really getting back to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what do we do for it, though? What do we, how do we fix long COVID? That's the big question. Right? Well, right now, there are a few medications that seem to help a little bit. Um, they also say counseling is good for the depression and anxiety side. I'm not going to say that's not good. Um, and then some relaxation, te relaxation techniques. Um, but generally, there's no specific drug for long COVID. You're just using the medications to help fight the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of cases, that means, you know, anti-anxiety meds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes some other medications to try and help um, 
you know, the body kind of recover from the inflammatory side, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, prednisone, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but again, all of this just kind of addressing the symptoms. And those all come with side effects. Yes. Yes, we do. We, know, we do know every medication has side effects. Some of them very minor, some of them very significant, um, but certainly something where if we can stay away from medications and still accomplish the getting better part, it would be great. Mm -hmm. So there are some physical modalities or, or actual physical treatments that can be done for this. And in the study, they say that the most frequently used physical modalities in patients with long COVID are lasers and high intensity electromagnetic stimulation. So this is why I picked up on this study because mm -hmm. he, this, this uh, researcher talks quite a bit about using lasers. Um, they say that laser light can be used for biostimulation and pain relief. The popularity of the application of laser therapies is increasing due to lasers being a non-invasive painless modality that can be easily administered, meaning that it's not, you don't have to cut anything. We're not mm -hmm. burning, slicing, uh, you know, roasting tissues. It is <laughs> simply delivering light. Mm -hmm to the target area in order to stimulate the body's biology in a way that helps it recover and go back to its normal functioning. Now, they do mention the high intensity electromagnetic, electromagnetic stimulation therapy too, um, and that is based on the interaction of electromagnetic fields that pass non-invasively through the human body and induce electric currents. This triggers an action potential process in the motor neuron and results in muscle contractions. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this one today, but it is another non-invasive therapy that doesn't seem to have really any negative side effects and, and may help with inflammation. They say that considering that the combination of peripheral application of this magnetic field therapy and laser therapy uh, enhances local blood circulation and reduces er, and induces an anti-inflammatory effect, the goal was to eliminate the chest pain that goes along with long COVID and improve in an indirect way ventilation parameters. So helping patients not only recover from the, the chest pain, mm -hmm. but also having to breathe better, uh, improve just the way that the body is, is functioning, taking in air and reducing inflammation. So using both of those modalities, both the laser and this, this magnetic stimulation. So, well, I don't know where my, my brain went on that. How often do you need to do this? Mm. Well, let's look at what these guys did. Yep. Um, they they say that they did a total of ten visits to their facility in Tijuana, three times a week for three for um, three weeks. So in total, patients received three laser therapy treatments, three magnetic field treatments, and four TMS applications. Now I haven't mentioned TMS, but TMS is just the same magnetic field, pulse magnetic field, um, but done on the head. Okay. In a way that it helps to stimulate brain patterns, mm -hmm. right? And again, these are these are all non-invasive therapies. These are not mm -hmm. dangerous. Um, even if we use them on the head, they're they're still safe mm -hmm. protocols. Mm -hmm. So uh, they used a a class four laser, thirty watt laser, with a wavelength of one thousand sixty four nanometers. So it's an infrared laser. It's in it's invisible, mm -hmm. but it does pass right through the tissues without destroying anything, and can go into the deeper tissues like the uh, like the lungs without any kind of problem at all they applied the therapy on the chest and on the back between the first and sixth ribs so kind of the upper part of the mm -hmm. lung and oh, oh, oh. gotta get my pages unstuck here 
And what they said is that the major advantage of class four laser therapy is its high power mm -hmm. and its ability to penetrate deep into joints and muscles and organs, especially with the 1064 nanometer wavelength. It's, they say it has the ability to penetrate into deeper tissues, reduce pain, reduce inflammation uh, in areas such as the lungs. And, and again, very safe. There is some warmth that people will feel with the treatment, as mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. you've done laser therapy for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's completely comfortable. So uh, let's talk about the results. So they applied these, you know, a series of just three laser treatments, a few of these um, magnetic field treatments, and they saw some pretty substantial results. The easiest way to look at this is actually uh, on the grass that they produced. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring those up right now, if I can, there we go. So this is the chest pain evaluation. Um, uh, the before is the really tall uh, stack on the on the left side there, and then the after treatment uh, pain level is on the on the right side. So generally, people went from about a seven or eight out of ten down to about a one out of ten. That's pretty substantial. That's very substantial. Yeah, absolutely. And that's again over just three weeks after dealing with this long COVID problem for quite a while. So uh, that right there is really good. They said in particular um, that the that these results provide evidence that treatment with this class four laser had a significant effect on decreasing the VAS score, the visual analog pain scale uh, of chest pain in long COVID patients. So in particular, the effects of laser in this case were for uh, the chest pain itself. Now they did measure a couple of other things as well. One of those being anxiety. Mm -hmm. And here you can see the anxiety scores uh, dropped substantially as well from very, very high into the very, you know, really pretty minimal uh, mm -hmm. area there. The other thing they measured was the ability of the body to bring in air and how well perfused the patient was. So on average, people increased from 95% to 98%. And again, this is an average uh, mm -hmm. of all the people that were involved with this study. Still, that's a, even though it sounds like a small percentage, it still is pretty substantial it because is our, our um the air mm -hmm. is always a smaller differential Does, yes so. yeah that's exactly right so it, mm -hmm. you know a zero out of ten on the pain scale means you don't have pain um you know five out of ten means you have quite a bit of pain right mm -hmm. uh if you're at 50 on the oxygen percentage you're dead mm -hmm. So, I mean, right. there's really uh, not, the scale is different. So in this case, you know, going from 95 up to 98, it's a quite a bit of improvement, especially considering once you're at under 94, we know you have problems, mm -hmm. you know? So going uh, up into that very healthy range, it's a pretty substantial change for these people. You're looking yeah. at the total amount of decreased anxiety, decreased chest pain, and then improving the way that the lungs are working, improving the way that the body was able to uh, get mm -hmm. oxygen into the tissues. That's a pretty big deal, it especially is. considering that you didn't have to do anything for years right. or months even. Didn't have to take a bunch of medications. Right. Yeah. And the side effects are just getting healthier. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. You know, no long-lasting adverse side effects. Right. Yeah. So. No, it, it's 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 really nothing but positives uh, for, for these mm -hmm. types of therapies. Now, I know I didn't talk about the magnetic stimulation a lot, but that's because we are um, doing laser therapy mm -hmm. on this one. And uh, it certainly could be a tool as well. It's not really within my field of experience, but I do know that with laser, we've seen some, some great results. So mm -hmm. what are the takeaways here? The main takeaway is that we, we think laser may help quite a bit with chest pain especially um, if, it, there, if there's some level of restriction in the amount of oxygen that's mm -hmm. flowing. 
Um, if you have long COVID, I would encourage you to consider this as a potential option for you. Uh, you know, we, we can't tell based off of this study uh, if, if it's a for sure home run for everybody or not, but the numbers do look good. And, and when you start considering things like the side effects, mm -hmm. uh, laser therapy comes out quite well. And you should know within just a few visits of laser mm -hmm. therapy if, if it's really better or not. Mm -hmm. So certainly worth something to take a look at. Mm -hmm. um, the other side of that is, you know, if we can improve the chest pain and we're indirectly improving the way at which the body can oxygenate the tissues, then other things improve too. Right. If you're constantly feeling like you can't get a full breath of air in, I mean, how, what does that do for your anxiety? Uh, it raises it, plus it's the quality of life just oh, yeah. starts going down. And so when you start seeing some positive turn, um, things just improve. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if you're interested in learning more, you can get a hold of us at Laser Therapy Institute. That's a, um, we are a training organization for laser therapy providers uh, across the world. You can go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can look on our clinics tab for a clinic that might be near you. If you have questions that aren't answered there on the website, you can just email us too, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. We will be happy to help in any way that we can. We want to see people succeed through laser therapy. If you're a clinician watching this and you want to know what type of settings, what type of protocols can be used for disorders uh, like this, like chest pain, uh, get a hold of us because this is exactly what we do. We help set up mm -hmm. providers to be successful with their patients. For sure. All right. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us today. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.